Good morning. Welcome to Liminal Church. It's good to be here with you all. Um, for those who might be newer here, uh, today uh, it's the last Sunday of the month when we do our contemplative service. Um, this is a time for a change of pace where instead of singing songs and hearing a teaching, um, doing all those churchy things, uh, we take time to be still, to slow down, to contemplate, and to make space for all the things we've been talking about and learning about lately so that they can settle more deeply into our hearts. Um, if we have any kids who have not already been dismissed, I don't, yeah, follow grade school through newborn, follow Denise in the back, older kids go upstairs. We good? I think we're good. All right. <clears throat> um, so there, there are two main things shaping uh, what I prepared for today's service. Uh, the first is that in our Shalom teaching series, uh, we've been focused on the domain of nature, Shalom with creation. We've been grappling with this question, what does Shalom, what does wholeness, what does flourishing look like in humanity's relationship to the created order? Uh, the second factor is that we are in the season of Lent right now, uh, which is an ancient tradition in the church calendar leading up to Easter Sunday. Much like Jesus spent 40 days fasting and wandering in the wilderness, the season of Lent is a 40-day period of giving things up, of releasing and repenting, of facing our shadow side, and of remembering our mortality. So this morning, in light of these two things, uh, I want to hold a climate vigil of sorts, um, similar to what we did last spring, if any of you remember. Uh, I want to make space to acknowledge and grieve the sickness and death that the earth is experiencing on our watch. And from there, hopefully, can move into a place of fruitful action. Brian White shared so powerfully last week, in the industrialized Western world, we have inherited a legacy in recent generations of creation abuse, a legacy of exploitation of the earth that is ultimately unsustainable. I know there can be a lot of controversy and debate around this issue, it has some big political dimensions and implications. Uh, but this morning, I want as much as possible to move upstream from that um, to a place of contemplation and a place of compassion where our hearts can grieve and mourn and pray and ask questions. And amid all of that, perhaps, we can find room for hope. Uh, the writer and activist Joanna Macy whose template I'll be using this morning, you can go to the next slide, <coughs> uh, said, Joanna Macy said, the heart that breaks open can contain the whole universe. I think that's a good place to find ourselves after a month of teachings on shalom with nature. So today what we'll be walking through uh, is called the spiral 
of the work that reconnects. So this cycle is something we can come back to again and again as a source of strength and fresh insights. It reminds us that we are stronger, deeper, and more creative than we have been brought up to believe. And it maps out a healing process that journeys through four successive movements, coming from gratitude, honoring our pain for the world, seeing with new eyes, and then finally going forth. Now, Macy draws more from the Buddhist tradition, um, but she has said that Jesus is probably the most influential figure in her thinking, so do with that what you will. Um, but in any case, much like Jenny a couple weeks ago uh, showed how the spiritual insights of our Celtic and indigenous ancestors and brothers and sisters can strengthen our Christian understanding of shalom, I think that there's some divine wisdom here for us in the work that reconnects. So with that, let us begin. Start with gratitude. The next time you see a tree or a plant, take a moment to express thanks. Consider how with each breath you take in, there's oxygen that would simply not be there without the work plants have done in transforming our atmosphere and making it breathable. As you, as you look at the greenery, bear in mind also that plants, by absorbing carbon dioxide and reducing the greenhouse effect, have saved our world from becoming dangerously overheated. Without them, we would not be alive today. Consider how you would like to express your thanks. spirit of our indigenous brothers and sisters go to the next slide I'd like to um, have a slide after that sorry thanks Jared um, I'd like to do a, a responsive reading to get us into this place of gratitude so I'll, I'll read uh, the first line there and then I'd invite you all uh, to read the lines in uh, bold and italics. Um, this is adapted from a Iroquois prayer. <clears throat> we return thanks to our mother, the earth, which sustains us. We return thanks to the rivers and the streams. We return thanks to all herbs. We return thanks to the corn and to her sisters, the beans and squashes. We return thanks to the wind. We return thanks to the moon and stars. We return thanks to the sun. Lastly, we return thanks to the Great Spirit 
in whom is embodied all goodness and who directs all things for the good of his children. So in our first time of silence, I'd invite you to consider where have you seen the beauty and goodness of God manifested this week, this morning, this very moment? What do you have that you have not received? It's nothing. It's all a gift. So give thanks for it. Take a moment to let your heart steep in gratitude for what you have and for all that is.
Creator God, Father of compassion, we thank you for the world that you have made, for soil and streams, mountains and music, flowers and fauna, laughter and love, dancing and daffodils, flamingos and food. We thank you that we inhabit this world with non-human worshipers, eagles and elephants, red kites and raccoons, monkeys and macaws. The Creator God, we are concerned about this world of yours and this world of ours. It is our home. In the face of the climate crisis, our hearts are restless and our souls are sad. Draw near to us as the healer of all hurts. Lead and guide us by the power and compassion of the Holy Spirit. Amen. continue in this work by moving into a place of lament, of honoring and giving voice to our pain for the world. Um, I want to take care here to distinguish between lament and shame or guilt. Um, What we're not doing here is getting down on ourselves about how horrible we are and that we need to repent and we should be ashamed of how calloused and careless we are. It's not about that, but I do want to invite you into the hard and potentially uncomfortable work of looking at the brokenness of the world, looking at the devastation that has been wrought on creation. So this is a time in this movement to go dark, to grieve, to be sad for what has been lost, to fear what we are in danger of. Do not try to escape these feelings. Do not try to suppress them. We will hold them here together. We will make space. As we make space for this, I'd invite you to consider, as you imagine the future, uh, in light of our current ecological crisis, what do you see? What do you fear? And what has already been lost because of human greed and neglect? And how does it feel to acknowledge that and to grieve that?
don't <coughs> don't normally do this at uh, contemplative services, but um, I do have one song uh, that I wanted to share uh, to play as a further invitation to us to continue sitting in this space of lament. Um, it's a tune from an old hymn that that some of you will probably recognize. Um, we'll have the lyrics up, so you're welcome to to sing along if you wish, um, or just sit quietly and and receive. Devastations, Lord have mercy. 
for grief to honor our pain hopefully the process can start to open us up to a new way of seeing that's more honest and open receptive hopefully more compassionate and less selfish there's so many different directions we could go with this but I want to offer one for your reflection right now Uh, This comes from the author Robin Wall Kimmerer, uh, who beautifully weaves together her ways of seeing as an indigenous woman, as a poet, and as a biologist. She tells this story. I once met an engineering student visiting from Europe who told me excitedly about going ricing in Minnesota with his friend's Ojibwe family. He was eager to experience a bit of Native American culture. They were on the lake by dawn, and all day long they pulled through the rice beds, knocking the ripe seed into the canoe. It didn't take long to collect quite a bit, he reported, but it's not very efficient. At least half of the rice just falls in the water, and they didn't seem to care. It's wasted. As a gesture of thanks to his host, a traditional ricing family, the student offered to design a grain capture system that would be attached to the gunwales of their canoes. He sketched it out for them, showing how his technique could get 85% more rice. His host listened respectfully, then said, Yes, we could get more that way, but it's got to seed itself for next year. And what we leave behind is not wasted. 
you know, we're not the only ones who like rice. Do you think the ducks would stop here if we took it all? Our teachings tell us to never take more than half. Something to think about. next time of silence we can consider is the theology of scarcity driving you to accumulate more and more without regard for the earth or neighbor could it be possible paradoxically to live more abundantly with less and what would it be like to see everything in the created world as a gift and to honor it as such.
this blessing to learn from animal being. This is from John O'Donohue. Nearer to the earth's heart, deeper within its silence, animals know this world in a way we never will. We who are ever distanced and distracted by the parade of bright windows thought opens, their seamless presence is not fractured thus. Stranded between time gone and time emerging, we manage seldom to be where we are, whereas they are always looking out from the here and now. May we learn to return and rest in the beauty of animal being. Learn to lean low, leave our locked minds, and with freed senses feel the earth breathing beneath us. May we enter into lightness of spirit and slip frequently into the feel of the wild. Let the clear silence of our animal being cleanse our hearts of corrosive words. May we learn to walk upon the earth with all their confidence in clear-eyed stillness so that our minds might be baptized in the name of the wind and the light and the rain. Take another moment to breathe. Allow the weightiness and sorrow to begin to leave your body. And as we prepare to go forth, hear this invitation from Mary Oliver's poem, Wild Geese. You do not have to be good. You do not have to walk on your knees for a hundred miles through the desert repenting. You only have to let the soft animal of your body love what it loves. Tell me about despair, yours, and I will tell you mine. Meanwhile, the world goes on. Meanwhile, the sun and the clear pebbles of the rain are moving across the landscapes, over the prairies and the deep trees, the mountains and the rivers. Meanwhile, the wild geese, high in the clean blue air, are heading home again. Whoever you are, no matter how lonely, the world offers itself to your imagination calls to you like the wild geese, harsh and exciting, over and over announcing your place in the family of things. My friends, this is what this series on Shalom is all about. Everything belongs. We all have a place in the family of things. Let's reflect on this as our time together comes to a close. Think about the earth with all of its beautiful creatures, seasons, landscapes, and people. What of that do you love? How do you long to see shalom manifested 
in the world. And where might you be holding despair? Where are you holding hope? How can you share both of these things with those around you?
Father of creation, when we look at this world of yours, this world of ours, we weep because we know what has befallen it. May we dream a dream of a different kingdom, an alternative reality for an alternative community. Let your church demonstrate what this looks like by bringing healing to the world, welcoming the stranger, challenging injustice, and living lives full of love. Father of creation, your son comes to us in a world of climate breakdown at a moment when we are so afraid that Jesus speaks saying, peace to you. As the Father has sent me, so I am sending you. Empower us afresh then with the presence of the Holy Spirit. Empower us to follow the way of shalom until that day when swords of ecological violence are turned into plowshares. Until that day when empires of exploitation are no more. Lead us onward. Amen. Aside for Catherine to facilitate communion. Each Sunday during the season of Lent, we'll have a Lenten meditation. Lent is the 40 days before Easter. And during this time, we recall that as Jesus turned his face to Jerusalem and walked toward the cross, he said to his disciples, we are going to Jerusalem. And that means that we too are invited to walk the Lenten path. It's a path of grace, a path of mercy, compassion, a path of repentance that leads to restoration and flourishing for all. Today, we're going to combine the Lenten meditation with communion. So I'd like the ushers to come forward. During communion, after we finish the meditation, you'll come up the two inner aisles and take from the ushers the elements and then walk down the center aisles. As we've been reminded during this Shalom series, our very lives depend on the well-being of the earth, our physical lives as well as our spiritual lives. And as we prepare to take communion, a sacrament that utilizes the elements of nature, grapes and grain, may we remember that this created world, this earthly cathedral, reveals the heart of the Creator. The following lines are from an untitled poem by Christine Walters Paintner. We find sanctuary among trees and stones and feel earth preparing a place for us to sit and breathe and be. Let the long limbs of branches form a canopy over your head. Let the hills open up a place for you to soar. May the stones form an altar and see how the sun makes everything shimmer and glisten so that everything shines forth from within. Let the tender vine 
climbing the trunk, show you what it is to reach to the sky. Let all living creatures that gather, winged and four-footed ones, offer a new companionship. All around you, see yourself as part of this glorious cathedral, the face of the Creator, incarnate and imminent, illuminated in each gaze. At Liminal, this table is open to everyone. All are welcome. All are invited. Take and eat.
you all for being here. Thank you for creating and, and holding this space together. Um, I totally forgot to acknowledge it at the beginning, but the stage decor is not how things usually are here. That's for a Fractured Actors production. So it kind of clashes with the like nature uh, creation <laughs> shalom vibe. Just wanted to acknowledge that. Um, so thank you for, for hanging in there anyways. Um, yeah, it's been, it's been a joy. Go in peace. Um, if you wish to, to sit uh, and linger and have a little more time in silence, you can stay in here um, or exit out into the lobby for conversation and, and speaking. All right. Blessings.